When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. To save his life, call his wife in. All right, to wake say, up. But what a day. How's your boy been? Good morning, everyone. How are we doing do at 4 o'clock on this Wednesday morning? You know who it is. McMonagle here with you for another hour to the warm-up show. 877-337-6666. You can also hit me up on Twitter at CMACWFAN. It's been an interesting morning. Plenty of topics. The Knicks off their fifth consecutive win. Aaron Rodgers never stops. We were talking about that all morning, too. And the, the other story that really interests me, and I got to tell you, as a Giant fan, I do find it kind of fascinating. And obviously it impacts the team moving forward because they're now on the look for a uh, new defensive coordinator. And rumor has it it could be the early... Leslie Frazier was the name, obviously, earlier thrown around, uh, out there, available. Uh, for, obviously worked uh, in Buffalo with Dable. Uh, but also, Antonio Pierce now, if he is not going to be retained in uh, Vegas, that there is a chance he could become, you know, come home to a place obviously very familiar, won a championship here, uh, you know, known for being a giant and come back and be the defensive coordinator. I don't know if I love it necessarily. I mean, I, I like him. I think he's a great coach. He doesn't really have the resume of being a coordinator. And I and I kind of, you know, he's got the respect of the players, and that's why he was chosen to be the head coach. And I actually think he fits better there right now. But I would have no problem with it necessarily. I would be intrigued to see what he could bring. I know the players would love him. And they love Wink Martindale. But Wink Martindale has left them. And that's really what fascinates me about it because I think we're learning. Like early on when the whole fiasco happened, and if you are unaware, obviously the Giants had an early morning press conference on Monday. They announced the firing of some coaches. The offensive line coach uh, got fired. The special teams coach got fired. And uh, Thomas McGahee and uh, Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, got fired. And they announced that, but they said that Kafka and they uh, and uh, Wink are expected to be back, or they expect Wink uh, to come back. And then soon after that, you heard the firings of outside uh, linebacker coach Drew Wilkins and his brother Kevin, who are right hand uh, right hand mans to Wink Martindale and work closely with them. And then you found out quickly that he re- resigned, and that hasn't actually happened. He has not resigned from the Giants. He told people he resigned, but ultimately he just left. And what we found out in the Paul Schwartz interview yesterday, uh, excuse me, interview story, is that maybe it's not so clear cut. And the initial report led to, and the initial thoughts were, a deceiving, you know, a, a dishonest coach in Brian Dable played games and fired his coach in hopes that Wink would resign and not have to fire him and. You know, he he can't get along, and he's tough to work with, and it's a major problem. Brian Dables, you know, this is a bad look for him, and it's a bad look for the Giants, and it's tough for the Giants. And while I do think 
that Wink Martindale is a decent and and should I even say good? I should say good. He's a good defensive coordinator. And ultimately, I wanted him back, and I wish they could have made it work. But the more and more you're learning about the situation, the more and more I am putting the blame on Wink Martindale. And it's you know the 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 Schwartz, the the Paul Schwartz uh, story has him leaving the Giants, standing up and cursing out Brian Dable, leaving and telling them nothing. We we had the pictures of him at the it was it was almost like the Otani story. Hey, Wink's getting on a plane. Where's he going? He's going home to Sarasota. He's going home to Florida because he's no longer the Giants' defensive coordinator. But he hasn't told the Giants that he still has three years left on his contract. Excuse me, three million dollars left on his contract. I'm sure he's going to want to get paid for at the very least. Have the option to go wherever he wants. Where if he resigns, he no longer has that option. The Giants have a bit of control, and they don't have to pay him the money. So I'm sure they're looking to work something out. He might tell his friends and people leak it to the media that he's resigned. But as of right now, the Giants can't get in touch with him. They don't know what's going on. But we do know they're going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator. And what we also learned out learned was that this goes back a while, which the Jay Glazer report clearly established. But before that Jay Glazer report, you know, some of the things that have brought this relationship to a head are Wink Martindale disregarding the coach's wishes. In the story, it says that for the Cowboy game, the first start of Tommy DeVito's career, they wanted to establish a very conservative game plan throughout. That they wanted to, they knew that they had to limit the Cowboys' uh, explosive uh, nature offensively because I didn't, they didn't think they can keep up offensively with them. And even though Wink loves to blitz, making sure they aren't beat deep a lot and making sure that they don't allow CeeDee Lamb to dominate the football game is probably what's best considering where how limited they are offensively. And apparently it seemed like he didn't listen. And they got blown out in that game. And CeeDee Lamb had an incredible day, and they blitzed, which is what Wink normally does. And that was the beginning of it. And then the Jay Glazer report, which if you believe the report uh, from Paul Schwartz, completely took Brian Dable by surprise to where he went to the defensive room and asked all the coaches, hey, listen, if we have a problem, let's talk about it. And not a single person said a damn thing to him. No one had the guts to say, yeah, we have an issue. And no one, Wink didn't want to talk about it. But it just seems like over the course of this year, Wink Martindale no longer wanted to be the Giants coordinator. And it sounds like he's probably leaking stories to Glazer about his relationship and was trying to work his way out. And sure, some gamesmanship was played later by firing the coaches. But by the way, firing coaches who coach a group of players that have underachieved. Out of 79 outside linebackers, the pass rush win rate is at the bottom of the league. Tibbs, the, the Thibodeau, despite the fact he had you know double-digit sacks, the first player in Wink Martindale's scheme to actually have double-digit sacks, he ranks 71st of 79 outside linebackers at, at pass rush win rate. 71st. Aziz Ojolari, 76th, and Jihad Ward, a player that you know Wink Martindale said will always be have a role in his team, was 78th. The group of Drew Wilkins and the group that Drew Wilkins and Kevin Wilkins coached did not get home enough. And as much as I think that you know early on the bus talk of Kayvon Thibodeau went out the window and we realized he's a far better player than that, he's not a bus necessarily, I don't love the way they coach him. I don't love the way they scheme it up for him. He does not get home enough. He does not impact enough games. He does not impact the quarterback enough. And while I do think Wink Martindale is a, a, a good coordinator, I think things should need to change there. And it's the purview of the head coach who went and fired his offensive line coach 
because the offensive line was terrible and he did a bad job and this is a business and he's the head coach of a football team responsible for more than just his buddies. And so he fired the offensive court. He fired the offensive line coach when he knew it was what's best for the team. He did not ask Wink, Martin, Wink Martindale to do anything he didn't already do. And Wink Martindale returned the favor by standing up, cursing him out, and walking out the room. Why is it okay for Brian Dable to get rid of coaches he respects, but it's not okay for Wink Martindale? And if he doesn't want to stay because of that, fine. Have a little bit more class and acknowledge the fact that this is the reason and be a man about it and don't curse people out and go on the run. But ultimately, all that's noise. They're looking for a new offensive coordinator, but I trust Brian Dable. And this is Brian Dable's team. And I hated the idea that for a day and a half, he was pretty much labeled as someone who can't be worked with because a couple of instances of screaming on the sidelines, you know, particularly Thomas McGahee, and even a little bit with Wink Martindale, who probably thought he was too big to be yelled at. From this first-time coach who's coaching an from this first-time head coach who's coaching an offense that isn't anywhere near as good as my defensive squad. That he's that this offense is the reason I'm losing games and they can't score points and I'm getting yelled at. Which I get, but the feistiness of Brian Dable was the reason we all loved him last year. Now it's too much and he can't get along with, and he's he can't be worked with, and he's a difficult uh, man to work for, and it's going to be a problem moving forward. And this isn't a good look for the Giants. I didn't buy that for a second. This is the head coach of the team. He's in charge. And Wink Martindale wanted out, fed stuff to the media. St- uh, reports are created like a little faction inside the team with Bobby Johnson, and, uh, excuse me, with Drew uh, Wilkins and Kevin Wilkins. And we're trying to, un- we're, we're probably in some levels undermining the coach. And, and Brian Dable stood up and said enough. At least that's how I view it if you believe the Paul Schwartz in, uh, report, and I do. He's the coach. And now moving forward, this is his team, and it should be. If you're going to give him this rope to get past this season at 6-11. and 11. And off 6-11, and 11, coaches get fired. And if Wink Martindale doesn't like it, then Wink Martindale doesn't like it. That's too bad. It's, it's, the, it's, it's on Brian Dable to make sure he has the staff that he believes in and thinks is doing a good enough job. Plain and simple. So I respect the fact that this is Brian Dable's team. And so what do I want to do with the Brian Dable team? I want to do what's best for Brian Dable and this team and give him a quarterback to develop. And that's why at six, they have to do whatever they can to make sure they get their guy. And if that means move up to one, if that's possible with Chicago, that's exactly what they should do. That's exactly what they should do. I can't go through Brian Dable's tenure as head coach of this team, have him fired and move on from him without ever giving him the opportunity to develop his guy. Within one year of screaming and Daniel, he screams in Daniel Jones's face week one, and suddenly Daniel Jones stops turning the ball over. He turns Tommy DeVito into a guy who can't throw the ball against the Jets, even allowed to take a pass, turning him into a, a, the passing paisan selling pasta sauce, selling tomato sauce, and a household name that everybody's clamoring for, that everybody wants to see, beating Green Bay, a playoff team. In prime time, which the Giants don't win in prime time. Not in eight years. Daniel Jones doesn't win in prime time. I want to see what he can do with a Williams, a Caleb Williams. I want to see what he can do with a Drake May. Figure out a way to get him. 
And if that's impossible, then we'll cross that bridge and we get to it. But that's exactly what they should be trying to do right now and focus on getting a quarterback for this guy to develop because the Giants don't have one. And now they don't have a defensive coordinator. And I'm starting to think it's more Wink's fault than Dable's fault. And I'm all in on Brian. I got you, coach. I got you. 877-337-6666. Butch in South Yonkers. What's up, Butch? Chris, what's going on, baby? How you what's doing? up, buddy? How are you? Oh, I wanted to ask you, did, did um, Wink, did he come there with uh, Dable or he they, he had the job? Before no, he, he came, came here with Dable. Oh, he came in with him? Mm-hmm. And they had a fallout. So hey, when they said a couple of weeks ago when they had that problem, you know, he was gone then. He did, you know, you could see with something going on. Yeah, Digging no, there was something saying, going you know? on. And, and just to be clear, yes, he came in with Dable. He was, uh, you know, I don't think he had much of a relationship with Dable other than he was coming from Baltimore, which, by the way, Baltimore got some flack for letting him go, and they've done just fine. And their new defensive coordinator is the new kind of toast of football. He's going to get a head coaching job sooner rather than later. So I think the, the Giants would be okay without Wink. But they were he was brought in, to be fair to Wink, on some level, he was brought in as a veteran defensive coordinator to help run the defense for a new uh, brand new offensive head coach. So he does have a little bit more leeway than some uh, average offense, uh, defensive coordinator under a defensive coach, for example, or a veteran head coach. This was a rookie head coach who focused on offense, who came from offense, who was an offensive coordinator. So they bring in a veteran, Wink Martindale, and he probably felt like, hey, I'm running the defense. Shut up. If I want to blitz the Cowboys, I'll blitz the Cowboys. Like and 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 don't yell at me as we're losing to the Cardinals, you know, twenty to nothing in the first half. Yeah, we gave up twenty points, but but we you don't score any. Like ultimately, I think Wink's ego got a little bit big for him and didn't realize he's not the head coach, and then it started to fall apart from there. But ultimately, I'm just saying, I, I like the idea that Brian Dable didn't say, you know what? Yeah, it's kind of Wink's defense. I'm not going to say anything. Let him have his side of the ball. I'll have mine. He said, no, I'm the head coach, and I, you know what? I don't like what's going on here. I came back to talk to you and see what the problem is because there are media reports that we're not getting along. What's the issue? Nobody's got anything to say? Okay. I don't like the way our uh, our linebackers are getting after the quarterback. I don't like the way you guys are kind of a little group faction undermining what I do. Those two have to go. You like it? You don't like it? I don't care. I'm the head coach. That's the way it should be. So we think the Giants going to look for another uh, replacement to replace Wink. Well, the Leslie Frazier is an option. Obviously, long-term defense coordinator was with, uh, was with um, Dable in, in, in uh, Buffalo. He's an early option. And then Antonio Pierce, who's right now, I don't know if he's going to be, but he's, I guess he's still currently, the season's over, I don't know. But he's the, the Raiders' interim head coach. If they do not keep him, there is some thought that the, the Giants would be interested in him. Otherwise, they're going to go look. They're going to go shop around. They're going to go interview people. I, I don't know. I know the defense has some young, talented guys. I know that Wink Martindale helped establish Dexter Lawrence as a superstar in this league. And and ultimately, I do think that the Giants are worse off not having Wink. But I just didn't like the idea of the immediate nature of this is a bad look for, for Brian Dable. Wink Martindale did not do himself any favors. He wanted to be fired. Maury and Belmore. What's up, Maury? What's up, Mac? How you doing, pal? Good, buddy. How are you? You know, I think Wink basically walked himself out of a job. I mean, you don't you don't disagree with the coach. I I like him. I do think our defense was not great. So, time to move on. The coach makes the final decision. I think he's connected him and the GM. Let's go with the oh, table. they're they're, out there. they are connected absolutely. Yeah, let's see what happens. I'm I'm excited about the next few pieces if we can get you know, maybe a look. I think what happened in that in that 
college bowl game is the Washington quarterback kind of got exposed. He wasn't throwing the ball very well over the defender, over short, over, you know, not a great quarterback. But I think we can get somebody in the second round of quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks available. So yeah. um, if, if we can get an offensive lineman and a quarterback or make a trade and get a quarterback and an offensive lineman, that would be an ideal. They're offensive, line, they're offensive linemen in the second round, too. Yeah, I mean, like everybody say, everybody says that. No, like you can get a quarterback anywhere. Would, you can get an offensive lineman anywhere. Yeah, you, would you take would you take the wide receiver at one if he was available? Um, at, with I my with the sixth call. overall with the sixth overall pick, I would consider it. Yeah, yeah if if yeah, if if, if all the quarterbacks I love are gone and all the tackles yeah. I love are gone, now it, it's it's clearly if that's the case. Like say say the Giants love the say the Giants are willing to draft the three quarterbacks with the two tackles. If those yeah. are all gone, you know what that means. That yeah, means that Marvin team. Harrison Jr. is available because they're picking sixth, and those are five players. So yes, yeah, if, if 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 he's incre- if he's there, yes, I agree with you. It's incredible. Yeah. I don't think and, he will be, and I would probably yeah. still go one of the two tackles over the wide receiver. But yes, I'm open. You, no, that's the only three positions I would draft, yeah. and and especially in this draft. The way it's breaking down, I, if I'm picking sixth, it's either the quarterback, the offensive lineman, yeah. the wide receiver. Those are the only three positions. Yeah. And, and I'm the drafting. offensive lineman, I think the Penn State guy is probably the one that's ranked one. But um, okay. So that's all good with the Giants. I'm excited. It's funny to see Wink walking around the airport. He looks like an angry old man. I wouldn't go up to say hello to him. That's for sure. No. Okay. Now we're going It'll to go. Probably, to you might strike. crush you out. Exactly. I wonder what he said. I would have. I'd love to have been. What do you think he said to Brian Dable? You he, bald son uh, of a bitch. I'm, I'm getting the hell imagine. out of here. I've been in this league 50 years. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know who I am. You know who I am. You were you were making out with cocktail waitresses while I was making bones in Vegas here, kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, Godfather, just give yep. you that line. Okay, yep. so now we go into my spankies. Let's. I am for the first time going to spring uh, training. As you mentioned, I'm going. I'm to thinking about spring. going at the end of March. I'm thinking. I'm gonna. Oh, March is when I'm going to. Oh, that'd be funny if I see you down there. But yeah, I want to bring in two pitches. I want. I don't want to. I don't want to do a trade. I want to bring in Montgomery. I want to bring, I want to get as many people. I want to load up. I want to give Judge the plays that he needs. And I want to go on a two to three year run, maybe a couple of World Series. So oh, I sure. can live a happy life. We have oh, the more. Tools, you can live a happy life. Money. Yeah, but well, what, what two pitchers do you want? Montgomery? Uh, I think I, I want Snell. I want Snell. You want Snell really and think. Montgomery? No, no, I want either one of those first, and then I want a B. I want a couple of Bs coming out. Like I even want the, the, the closer. Uh, what is his name? Uh, they want big bucks. Yeah, for, um, uh, hater. Hadler, hater, hater. That's it. Give me, give me a starting yeah. pitcher in Hater, and I'll be happy. I won't hate anybody. That's what I you want. You want Marcus Stroman as that second starting pitcher, or no? Uh, say again, Marcus Stroman. Stroman? I don't like his. I don't like his attitude. Yeah. But I do think he's a player. He comes and he competes. Maybe we need that. Maybe we need that. Yeah. I thought, I don't know. We got him on the what's his name on third base. We all thought he'd be great. Uh, he ended up being a bust. Yeah, Donaldson's another one. Outspoken. I don't know if he'll fit in here, that pitcher. But I know when he goes out there, that kid pitches to win. That's for sure. I don't disagree with you. I, I, I'm, I, I think I'm. I, I, ultimately, I don't want him because I want better, and I don't think they really need two pitchers. I think they just need the one ace pitcher, but uh, or the one top of the more top of the rotation. But it's funny because he's bad mouthed the Yankees for forever, and now he's begging. Now he now he wants all of a sudden he wants to be a Yankee. I saw that he I saw a story that he took down. I didn't bother to go actually look at his 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 Twitter, but I saw a story. He was removing tweets that were knocking the Yankees. I mean he's he said all kinds of things about the Yankees. He wanted no part of the Yankees. Badmouth the Yankees every chance he got. Now all of a sudden, 
he's interested in being a Yankee. I, but I do agree with you. For all the nonsense he brings, and there is a ton of nonsense, uh, and um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't trust him to be a top-of-the-rotation guy, but as far as like inning eaters and solid pitchers go, he had a pretty good year with the Cubs last year. Like He's a, he's a, he's a solid pitcher. I don't, I don't think he fits what the Yankees need. I think they need more of a top-of-the-rotation guy, but it's, it's not crazy, and I, ultimately, I don't care. You know, people say things. People get mad. Same thing with Montgomery. I don't think Montgomery should be Yankee, mad at the Yankees at all. I, I, the idea that he is holding some kind of grudge for being traded, it's a business. The Cardinals traded you too. How many teams are you going to hate? It didn't work out with the Yankees, they, and it worked better for you. It, worked, it was the best thing that ever happened to you. You won a championship and are on the market to make $200 million or close to it. It wouldn't have happened if you stayed a Yankee. So if they were willing to pay him, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't come here. But he wants to go back to Texas. That's fine. So the question is right now is they have their powwow. They're debating, it seems like. I think part of the discussion is also do you move on to really just go crazy with the bullpen? I don't like that idea. I really don't. I want one more starter. And I don't know if – I don't think Hater for a million, $100 million makes a lot of sense. You know, Hicks is out there. He's another guy with a strong arm I could put in the back end of the bullpen and feel pretty good about. Uh, I don't think I need to spend that much money on the bullpen. I'd rather go buy a starter. I think they need the starter more. And right now it sounds like they're deciding which con- which way they'd rather go. Go sign Blake Snell and overpay because right now Boris it wants – you know, he's, he's asking too much money. So – they're going to have to do one or the other. They're going to have to overpay with money, Blake Snell, or overpay with prospects for Dylan Cease out of Chicago. And anytime, especially in an uncapped sport, with the amount of money the Yankees make, I think it's a no-brainer. Go make the mistake with the money. I'd rather make the mistake with the money than the prospects. And I understand prospects are just prospects, but Spencer Jones is their number one prospect, and that's probably what it's going to take to go get a Dylan Cease. And I don't know if I love that. I don't know if I like Dylan Cease that much more than I like some of the other guys here. I'd rather give up less and go get Burns or Bieber. But right now the Yankees are trying to figure it out. At least they're doing something. I don't know what the Mets are doing. And if the report from SNY and Andy Martino is true and that they're looking at spending another $10 million and calling it quits, what a terrible offseason the Mets just had. What a terrible offseason. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. I gotta stop uh, just scrolling through Twitter. I just saw a video that's just, uh, I gotta show my wife, she'll flip out. I still got to figure out this segment where I just call her and wake her up in the middle of the morning. I think that would be great. Just call her. Like, what? What's wrong? I'm like, nothing. I just I wanted to tell you, Paul Giamatti was at uh, In and Out Burger. It was crazy. But have you seen this video? It's it's going around everywhere. I guess it's gone viral of, of, of New York City subway and and the rats that are crawl out from under the blanket. Oh my god! So I have not, and I do not want to. No. So unfortunately. You know, there's a there's a homeless man sit, sitting there, and they could see like one or two rats kind of coming out from the blanket that he's sleeping under. And then as they get closer, they kind of the person with the camera like kicks the blanket, and I don't know, thirty five rats come running out from under the blanket. It's, um, it's it's the the pizza rat was much more fun to watch him try and navigate up and down the stairs as opposed to just a million of them running out. Uh, unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Disgusting. But hey, you got to love the subway. I'm honestly, I miss it. I'm driving constantly. And especially now they hiked up the the tolls. Are you are you you have to come in through the toll, right? Obviously, you know, Manhattan. So yeah, the, just a hog. The, the tolls have now been uh, up a dollar or whatever. And before they get to the the new tax, I'm sure that it's still coming. But uh, as of uh, January, the the tolls have now been uh, added up. So now it's going to cost me more money to get in every day. Tolls increased and congestion pricing is coming. Happy is it coming? I know exactly. Is it coming this year for sure? I believe so. I think it is, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, I know a lot of people are still fighting it, so hopefully they went out. Hopefully. Hopefully. The other story that we kind of, that I just can't, un, I just can't imagine is Mike Vrabel being fired. Like, if you look around the league, and we're going to see more. I still think we're going to see more teams possibly move on from their coaches. But, I mean, Vrabel right now is as good a coach. I put him right there. If you told me that your team had the opportunity to, like, for example, I've been going on and on about Robert Sala and the Jets. And I'm one of the few people. I don't, I'm not so sold he's a, the worst head coach in the NFL, or he's just absolutely atrocious. I'm not sold on that. I certainly, I can't tell you he's a good head coach. He's done nothing but lose. But I, I do think the quarterback situation he's had has been as miserable as you can, you can have it. And he's had decent starts. And when Mike White played, the offense actually did something. You've even seen Simeon down the stretch here play a little bit better. I, if he had Aaron Rodgers, I think they're a better. They're obviously a better team. I think he could win. And we know he's not good enough to coach a team with a bad quarterback, right? I'll give you that. And there are a few who are, and Mike Vrabel might be one. Right? That's how good he is and what he's done with this team. So as much as I'm clamoring, because I don't know he's the worst head coach in, in, in the world, and Aaron Rodgers wants him back to be part of the team, and obviously Aaron Rodgers wants a lot of things, and Aaron Rodgers is making plenty of news, and he wants he wants nothing but winning in the locker room. That's the only thing that matters, and then... Fauci's financials matter a lot when he goes on to talk with Pat McAfee. But I've been on board with the idea of running it back because I want a comfortable Aaron Rodgers. I want this. I want that. But if you have the opportunity to get a Vrabel as your coach, now I know everyone's going to immediately pivot to is, is the second they announce. It's it's probably going to be one press conference. They're going to announce Belichick being gone. They're going to announce Vrabel coming in. I know that's what everybody thinks, and maybe that is the foregone conclusion. But if you have an opportunity, I put him right up there with Harbaugh, and I put him right up there with Belichick. Now, he doesn't have quite the same you know, resume, hasn't taken a team to the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying he's Belichick. What I'm saying is right now today, 2024, if I had a franchise and there was a head, and I, I needed to go hire a head coach, Vrabel would be on my shortlist. If you look at him, and just from a gambler standpoint, and if you listen to my show and you – um, listen to the pick segment. You've heard me take it a lot. I mean, if you get a Vrabel coach team, if you got the Titans at home getting points, take it. Take it. As he just did to end Jacksonville season. I mean, you win that game. You end Jacksonville season. You take a bitter rival who looks like they were about to emerge as the team that's going to you know, be the best team in that division for forever. They got Lawrence. They got a Super Bowl winning head coach. They were favored to win this thing by a, a, a million, you know, 
They, they, there was no way they were going to lose this. I was just watching a clip of some kid who bet fifteen, who bet fifty five thousand dollars on them to win the division at the start of the year. Although he did have an excellent, um, he did have an excellent hedge opportunity with that game. All he had to do was put a lot of money on um, Tennessee money line, but he still lost. You know, lose one way or the other. But I mean, they were supposed to win this division. They were supposed to run buckshot over this division for years. And all they needed to do was beat a lousy Tennessee team, and that team doesn't give up, and that team doesn't stop fighting, and that team finds ways to win games, even with rookie quarterbacks. Like, Vrabel is an excellent head coach. So that would be the only – I would be willing, if I could talk to Aaron Rodgers, if I could look at – if I could honestly say, look, and, and if Vrabel would be willing and, – and here's the part, here's the, and here's the rub. What offense are you bringing here? Because for me, I don't care so much about Salah. I care more about Hackett. As bad as Hackett's been, I just I can't have a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers coming back off an Achilles injury, coming back to this team, having to learn a new offense. I just that I can't do. I gotta have him as comfortable as possible. So yeah, I love the idea of Rabel. Yeah, I love the idea of Harbaugh. But again. It goes down to what they've done for Aaron Rodgers. They've sold their soul for Aaron Rodgers. Right? You don't give up. You don't give up on it. If the devil, you know, tears his Achilles and says, I just need a year, you don't just say, nah, forget it. I'll go figure something else out. You sold your soul. Like you have to, you have to wait until it actually works for you. So do you want to bring in Harbaugh? And is Harbaugh willing to come here and take on Rodgers, probably not. So then the question is, all right, listen, Harbaugh is an unbelievable coach. You have an opportunity to bring him to the franchise. He's a franchise changer. Then you just go about, you you, you move on from Rodgers and you go about this thing differently. Hell, he's making all this noise. He's the reason they lost this year. He's talking all this nonsense on Pat McAfee. He's causing problems inside the organization. Let's just break it all down. Let's fire everybody. We bring in Harbaugh. He runs the situation. And in three or four years, he might have it up and running. But I can't lose anymore. And I have to see Aaron Rodgers finish this thing out. I have to. I can't imagine the the one of the great quarterbacks. Because then again, who knows what they get at ten? You can't go. What are you going to go back to? What quarterback are you going to go get? I mean, I know it's a, a draft heavy, a quarterback heavy draft. You're not going to get one draft in tenth. Maybe you can get one in the second round. Move up uh, to the early second round to get a, a Michael Penix, who just. Played awful right in front of Harbaugh to see how awful he was in that national championship game. I really don't think Harbaugh would come to the Jets looking to build Michael Penix. Like, I just, I don't see it. I don't think the situation just fits. I don't think there's anything the Jets could do, even a Vrabel, even a, but that's where I put him. I mean, he's an incredible head coach. He's an incredible head coach. And we're seeing some in the playoffs because we've seen, you know, good, uh, Good coaching throughout this year. A lot of quarterbacks went down. That's been the story of the year. And we're looking at these playoff matchups. And we're going to start to get more into it as we get through the the, the week here. we got Thursday and Friday coming up. Again, both will be five-hour midnight rides. We'll start to get more into these games. Uh, Cleveland and Houston, Miami at Kansas City to start. Obviously, the story about Miami and Kansas City is it will be exclusively on Peacock, at least around here in Miami. You can watch it on NBC, but around here, if you want to watch it. So, again, I got to call this bar. You better have Peacock. Like, what does a bar do? 
Now, I remember with like pay-per-view events or something and things like that. Like, because I remember once I went to a bar and they were, I, I don't want to say the bar because I loved the bar at the time, but this was a terrible job by them. I went to a bar once that was promoting a UFC fight, that they were going to have this UFC fight. I don't, I don't remember what the fight was. I'm not the biggest UFC guy. A couple of my buddies are, but they had a deal. It was like, you know, come see the UFC fight. You know, your drinks are half off, wings are half off, whatever the deal was. So we decided to go there and watch the fight. And we went there, and the guy told us, sorry, you're the only people who came here for the fight. I'm not ordering it. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, there aren't enough people here for me to justify it. I can't just order it for one TV. I'm like a, a business and when I order things like that, I have to order it. It costs me 10 times more than the average person, and I'm not spending $400. You know, it's just you and, and, and three other guys. I'm sorry. And I was like, buddy, you can't put a sign on your door and then tell me you're going to show me, like, too bad. Today you lost money on it. It was a promotional attempt, and now you realize you can't do stuff like that. But today you're ordering the fight. And he, he bought us a whole bunch of drinks and food, and we didn't, get, we didn't get the fight. But I thought it was ridiculous. But my point is, is I'm not sure if, like, I, I would imagine you just get a smart TV, order Peacock. Someone, one of the, one of the 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 people who run the place, the manager, just if he doesn't have a Peacock account, he has to get one. He puts it on the television, right? It's got to be that simple. I don't think it's going to be difficult for bars to get Peacock, right? You wouldn't think so, Flegel. I mean, it's not like the same thing where you have to like order it as a business or anything. As far be, as I know, it's the same six bucks for anybody. Right, for anybody. So they just somehow get it on the TV. I would the think bigger that. concern would be, like, do they have a smart TV that they can put it on? Right, exactly. That, that would be an issue. Do they have a smart TV, or do I have to, like, bring an Amazon stick? Like, what's going on? We, someone, it can't be that hard to get the Peacock game on. I mean, it's frustrating for a lot of people, and we got a call about it before, for for whatever reason, he's like, I'm willing to spend money on this. I'll spend money on that. I'll buy jerseys. I'll go to the games. I'll spend forty dollars, fifty dollars for parking. I'll do this. But I something about spending five ninety nine for a game, I just can't do. And I find that funny in a couple of ways because I don't think it's the five ninety nine, as he's clearly stating. And ultimately, for me, a playoff game for five ninety nine. If they were all five ninety nine, I'd be pissed off. If I had to pay six bucks for every single playoff game, but. If I'm if it's just one game, it's not so much the money. It's the NFL being greedy. It's the NFL saying, we want that hundred million dollars from Peacock or NBC or whatever. And we're gonna we're gonna force you to suffer for it. Like that's what sucks. So it's it's more of just the spiteful nature of it. It's like F them, I'm not doing this. I'll watch all the other playoff games. And it is imposed it's the playoffs. You want to do it on a random Saturday night? Obviously, the end of the year, there's a couple weeks with Saturday night games. Obviously, now Thursday night has become you have to have Amazon to watch Thursday night. Maybe next will be, you know, Monday night. I have no idea. And it is the wave of the future. Like, this is going to happen. Get used to it. But ultimately, if you just take a step back and forget that you're pissed off and forget the idea that the, the you know, the, the brand of the NFL doesn't need the $100 million to impose on you, which I totally agree, but... It's five ninety nine. You get Peacock. Check it out for a month. Watch the WWE Network. Watch the documentary, The Monday Night Wars. It's unbelievable. It's one of my favorite documentaries of all time. It's like 20 episodes, and it's about Monday Night Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. It's tremendous. The time period when they would both be against each other on Monday night was excellent. Very good. Very good documentary. 
Hogan starting the NWO, all that. It's Give it a chance. Just watch that, and you feel better. Then you feel better about the five ninety nine. Check out all the, the features Peacock has to offer. But ultimately, yes, the NFL's a greedy pig. We know it. And I remember I was listening to Sean driving in. I didn't tell Sean this, but I'm pissed at Sean because he's 100% right in what he said about the NFL having the Sunday game. On Monday, when, when uh, excuse me, uh, Christmas, when Christmas falls on a Monday, there is absolutely no need to put the schedule they put forth on that Monday, Christmas day. People, I hated it when the Giants are on at Thanksgiving. You just can't watch the game the same way. It's impossible. You're imposing on people. When it falls on Sunday, nothing you can do. Sunday's the schedule, fine. Even Saturday, at the end of the year, you play Saturday games. For the games to be on Monday and then not just have one Monday night game to have a full slot in the afternoon made absolutely no sense. It 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 bothered me. And the fact that I had to watch that Giant game on, on Christmas Day pissed me off. I want to I want to enjoy Christmas. And so I, but I wanted to tell him I have a problem with him cuz he's 100% right, but all of a sudden I'm driving in the car. We were on our way to a wrestling event. I, I took the kids to uh, Madison Square Garden the day after Christmas for a wrestling event. And we're driving in the car and we're listening to Sean. He was hosting solo in the afternoon. He starts to make this point. And out of nowhere, I'm going to fight with my wife. All of a sudden, she's talking about, you know what? You sat in front of that TV. You you missed dessert completely. You didn't talk. Did you even know we talked about this and that? And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When it was happening, you didn't say a thing to me. You know what it was. You accepted. You're there with your family. We had a good Christmas. It's fine. Now Sean Marash is talking about it on the radio, and suddenly you're going back and remembering that I wasn't. I was in front of the TV watching the the giant game instead of having dessert. I was in. I was. She, I was. I was getting yelled at. Sean Marask created a fight between me and my wife that didn't have to happen. I didn't need the game on Christmas, and then I certainly didn't need the fight the next day. Unbelievable. Out of nowhere, she didn't say a word to me during Christmas. She knows. You you walked in the house and immediately asked my mother if we could put the football on the television. They're, they're not big sport fans, so like they had they had music playing through their TV. And I was like, do you mind if I uh, you know, put, the, put the games on? Okay. And they're like, of course, of course. They understand. In the moment, everything's of course, of course. Then you get a you get a day removed from it. And she's like, yeah, it is unfair. Because you know what? You were away from the family. And I'm like, I was, I was right there. Yeah, but you weren't at the table for dessert. We talked about this and you weren't there for it. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. McMonagle here with you. Let's go. 877-337-6666. A few minutes left of our five-hour midnight ride as we take you to the warm-up show at 5 o'clock. Let's get to the phones as often as we can. Tony and Lodi. What's up, Tony? Hey, how you doing? Is this Michael K. on the overnight? It's not. But, yes, okay. I know what you're saying. Yes, here I am, Yankee boy, right? Yankee boy. D-Mac, president of the Aaron Boone fan club. That's right. Listen, That's the right. I had to call you. I got two points, so please don't hang up on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
you make me sick because, you know, okay. That's a you're bit talking strong. all this nonsense that the Yankees have done this, the Yankees have done that, when the Mets are being cheap, which I agree because I'm a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed in uh, Uncle Stevie right now. Oh, but well, the there Yankees you go. Haven't, I am, but the Yankees haven't spent a dollar, C-Mac. That's I mean, what yes, I said. They made the trade for I Soto, said. but he's a rental right now. When that's you what I said. That's what I said. Oh, you did? Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, listen, my reputation precedes myself. You think you can call me without listening and uh, make listen? What I've said was, is they yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, go back and rewind to the Odyssey app and listen to what I said. My what bad, I said, what I said was, if you want to be here right now, the difference between the Mets and the Yankees, you're 100 percent right. Besides the Soto trade, nothing. They have done nothing. The difference between the Yankees and the Mets are reports with the Mets are they have 10 more million dollars to spend and don't expect anything but some bulls, bullpen help. And the Yankees are meeting in Florida to discuss how the hell they're going to get one of these top pitchers. Now, they haven't got them yet, but ultimately the Yankees are on board with trying to do so. And I, right. if they don't get there, I'm going to kill them. I could, this is an all-out, all-in year for 2024. You have to go out there and get a better road. They have to get at least one of these top pitchers. Dylan Cease, Burns, Bieber, Montgomery, Snell. One of those five have got to be a Yankee or I will be pissed off. I agree. I mean, I mean, listen, I listened to Keith McPherson, too, and he was going off like Evil Empire is back. And the reason I just, I, you know, I yeah. got to say, like, there hasn't been much, like no money spent. No. I like this auto trade. Don't get me well, wrong. Well, listen, that's they did get a, a generational Hall of Fame player. I mean, I of know course. it's for one year. He's going to dramatically change their lineup. They added Verdugo as well via trade. He's going to add. He's a he's a more than competent hitter. He's above average hitter. He's an above average defensive corner outfielder. He's going to help the team a lot. They did change their offense, but this is an all-in season, Tony and Lodi. Absolutely. Is, is, and so, listen, yeah, my last point, C-Max, sure. you cut me here. I'm a huge Houston Texans fan. It's a long story. Don't have time for it. Yeah. Uh, Nor do I care Stroud, about it. Unbelievable. Well, you're, I'm getting to my question. Yeah, go ahead. DJ Stroud has changed the franchise. They were a he joke. He certainly has, now. hasn't he? Right. So my question to you is, I was listening to a lot of sports radio here, how much would you be willing to give up as a Giant fan, to go after that generational quarterback this year. As much as it takes. I agree. As much as it takes. I love you, bro. Have a oh, good yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Tony. Um, I love when the, the kind, when it starts with blatant disrespect and ends with I love you. Those are the best calls. Best relationships, too, quite honestly. Um, no, I, I, I would do anything. I would do anything, but I won't do that. Um, no, I would do anything. I move up to number one. I would move. Up, I would do anything I could to move up to number one. I'm I'm trying to think of what it what it could take. Um, I gotta look at the the draft equity now. People don't always go by that scale anymore, but still, it's gonna take. I don't know. Obviously, swapping picks, maybe another two number ones, a number one and two number twos at the bare minimum. Uh, would they want another? Would they want a player? Would they want Kayvon Thibodeau? I'm not giving up Dexter Lawrence. That's kind of where I would stop. But that's a big money contract. I don't know if that's something somebody would want. Maybe they would, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I would do that. I love I love my sexy Dexy. Uh, but I'm trying to think of pieces they would even want. Uh, a Kayvon Thibodeau and a number one. I don't know if that if that intrigues anybody. I would do that. I want the quarterback. I would do that. This the the swap and two more number ones. I would do that to move up from six to one. I would do it. I'd be on the phone right now. That I would be calling the Bears every single day. That would be my one focus if I'm if I'm Joe Shane. Now again, 
I'm not drafting a quarterback just to draft a quarterback. If a guy they don't believe in is no longer there at six, I am not saying draft any quarterback. I want Brian Dable to get his guy. So right now, until the moment comes where they're called, they're, the Giants are called, you know, until they're on the clock, up until that moment when they're on the clock and they don't love a quarterback, I'm focused on getting a quarterback. So right now, it's looking to trade up. I'm looking to trade up. Because I need the generational talent. You're right. C.J. Stroud has changed that franchise. That franchise was a perennial loser. And they are now something that, I mean, did you see him play the game? Did you see in that last game his ability to wait in the pocket up until the last very second and throw absolute accurate bullets? I mean, he is one hell of a player. I mean, when we talk about the weapons, he turned Tank Dell and Nico Collins into weapons, man. Nico Collins hadn't really done anything. Oh, he's better than anybody the Giants have. Well, if the Giants get Williams or May, maybe they have. Maybe all of a sudden you could see one of these guys emerge and be Nico Collins. Maybe Hyatt suddenly becomes a star because he's got a quarterback to throw to. That's what. There's only one thing to do, man. There's only one thing left to do. It's get a quarterback. Figure it out. And t- stop telling me the roster's not good enough and they don't have offensive line, they don't have weapons. You think Texans have a great offensive line? You think they had a great offensive line? It helps. The quarterback helps everything. They, the weapons get better. The line gets better. Everything changes. The whole franchise changes. Now, it also, they also brought in a new head coach who did an incredible job, and they won a lousy division that the, that the Jaguars absolutely – now, they would have made the playoffs anyway, but they, 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 they were in a terrible division. The Jaguars fell apart. But still, they're hosting they're hosting a Cleveland Browns team that right now is kind of the toast of the NFL in many ways and are are widely considered one of the teams that could possibly threaten the Ravens considering their divisional opponent and have some experience with them. But I'll tell you right now, Cleveland Browns weren't thrilled to get to get Stroud and, and the Houston Texans as their matchup. They are not thrilled. And we'll get more into the football. I wanted to save it for Thursday and Friday before we delve too much into these games because we have 10 hours over the next two days to break down these games. And we'll do that. We will do that over the next two midnight rides. But this one has come to its end. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. Warm-up show is next, followed by the morning show and the rest of the crew here at WFAN. Fliegelman, thank you. I'm hoping the weather is fine. I hope everyone was safe in the morning. I hope all the trees that were that were on the ground on my way in are safely off the road so I have no worries. Everybody have a great day. I'll catch you tomorrow at midnight. Be well. I'm out of here. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. WFAN.